Good day, everyone. I know you guys missed us. It's been a whole day since you heard from us uh, in the blogger mock draft here at SB Nation. But that's just how it is for the Raiders when you get down to the bottom of the first round, being that they have a pick at 24 and at 27, and they're doing uh, three picks per day as we lead up to the draft. So they're just like when the draft gets here, as soon as they're off the clock, it'll be just few minutes before they're back on the clock again it's a it's a luxury and a curse and just to run through what we got so far at the fourth overall pick the Raiders we have the Raiders taking Quinnen Williams the defensive tackle out of Alabama and at 24th overall we had the Raiders taking Noah Fant tight end out of Iowa and in the interim the the two teams that after the Raiders and before the Raiders took uh, the top defensive tackles on the board. They were the top players on the on my board as well. So once the and and with the Raiders taking Quinn and Williams at the first pick, they weren't about to double up on defensive tackles considering with Quinn and Williams it gives them a pretty solid interior rotation. So with the 27th pick in the 2019 SB Nation NFL blogger mock draft, the Raiders select Nasir Adderley, safety out of Delaware. He was absolutely the he was certainly the top safety on the board and as it happens the top safety in this draft. There wasn't another safety taken before him and that's as it should be. He it was a beast coming out of Delaware. Granted, it's a smaller school, but Dela, Delaware is a um, is a very good school. He impressed at the Senior Bowl right in front of uh, John Gruden and his staff who were coaching that game. He had an interception in that game as well. He uh, he can do a lot of things well. He's, he's a converted cornerback, so he, he's good in coverage. He's very athletic. He has he can take good uh, angles on the ball. He, he's, he's a sure tackler. He's just pretty much what the Raiders would be looking for in his safety, and they do need a safety. They have Carl Joseph. They're probably going to be putting at one position, and they, that – would presumably be the free safety position, even though Paul Gunther says he doesn't use them traditional strong and free safety. He likes them to be uh, kind of interchangeable parts. They brought in LaMarcus Joyner, but he's going to play mostly the, the nickel corner role, and which is good considering he's 5'8", and Carl, uh, Carl Joseph is 5'10", in heels. And uh, then they have Eric Harris, a 6'3", safety at the other spots. So they're going to want to bring in they're going to want to bring in a guy in the draft to compete with him, if not uh, step into that starting role right away. And uh, Adderley can do that. And like I said, he really impressed the Raiders staff at the, at the senior bowl. So he brings that presence. What do you, uh, what do you think of this pick Tyler? I like to pick Adderley uh, really showed off at the combine and at the senior bowl showed off his athleticism. He has really fluid hips. Uh, he's good with his hands, has great ball skills. Um, his his only real drawbacks are when you use him as a single high deep center fielder safety. He doesn't have the best recognition in the world, and he tends to to um, be manipulated by quarterbacks with their eyes and and how they design the plays. Um, but if you keep him at, at corner where he has plenty of starting experience, or if you use him as a safety who's a little closer to the line of scrimmage and and isn't playing that single high, then he's perfectly fine. He's really quick. He's a good tackler. Wraps up the legs really well. Um, has good eyes. He has fantastic size. He can keep up with anybody. He's really fast. So I, I think he's a good pick here, and I think he's a good schematic pick for the Raiders as well. I think that's what they're looking for. You know, they want a sure tackler, somebody who can play closer to the line of scrimmage. He's he's not 
huge, but he's not small. Uh, six foot, two oh six. That's a pretty good size for for a safety. He's not like you know he's not the six he's not the six three Eric Harris, but six foot you can he's got some leaping ability, so he can he can cover those tight ends if you need him to. And you know, being that he um, is a converted corner, you know he can certainly if he can cover wide receivers, he can cover tight ends. And so yeah, I think that's what you're what the Raiders will be looking for in a safety is they don't really necessarily need somebody to drop back and play that that um, that deep free safety spot. They can. You know that's what Carl Joseph can do. He, he he came out of West Virginia as a ball hawk. He should be able to go back there and be that Earl Thomas type that the Raiders need. And they need uh, they need another guy who can play the play the box and uh, and closer to the line of scrimmage and uh, get those running backs squirting out of backfield and those and drop into coverage against the tight ends as well. So I, again, it's it's great that to be in the position where they can look at the board and say who are the top guys on the board and what are our needs and where do those match up? Uh, DeAndre Baker was probably, I think he was a top guy on the board that I had here that doesn't necessarily mean that he would be the top guy on the Raiders board. But I think that they're, they're doing, I think they're pretty good at the cornerback position. Some others um, disagree. I think it was, uh, I know it was Mel Kuyper put in his um, mock draft that the Raiders don't just need a cornerback. I'm quoting, they don't just need a cornerback. They need a cornerback. And I think that's bogus. They brought in LaMarcus Joyner to play that nickel corner spot. And I think he can do a damn fine job of it. He, the people think of him as a safety, but they don't, you know, that's because they probably forget that he also has played a lot of cornerback in the NFL. And I think he'll mostly play that for the Raiders because that's a, that's a need that they had. And that's, that's a, uh, that's the skill set he provides. And then, you know, they brought in uh, Nevin Lawson to compete for one of those starting spots or to, to, to step up when an injury happens to either Gary and Conley or Daryl Worley, who I think um, Conley was the top defensive player on this team last year. And Daryl and Worley had his, has issues here and there, but overall the staff really likes him. They gave him a second round, um, RFA tender to return next season, which shows how much they like him. I know that Gruden likes him. He's a very aggressive, solid tackler. I think he's very, he's more than worthy of being one of the starting corners on this team. I think they have two good starters, a good uh, guy who can fill in those spots, and then they brought in their nickel guy. Uh, really, they they could bring in one more corner, but it's it's not a. I don't think they're in desperation mode to do that. I think it's. Uh, when you're looking at uh, taking either the top safety in the draft or a pretty good corner, who's probably the third best corner in this draft, you go with, you go with that safety. It's a bigger need. It's a you're and you're getting the best player at, in the draft at that position. And you're getting him with the 27th pick in the first round. I think that's a, I think that's a huge win. I agree. I mean, we, uh, we here in Raider nation had high hopes for, Obi Belafon when he was drafted out of UConn, um, but that's the type of skill set. Uh, maybe not the athleticism, but that's the type of skill set that Nasir Adderley has. If you want to design somebody from the ground up to cover tight ends and be a, a box safety or a closer to the line of scrimmage safety, Nasir Adderley is essentially what you're going to get. That's the skill set he has. He has, he has great hips. He can change direction quickly. Um, he has great lateral quickness. He, his he can backpedal really well. And, and that's exactly the type of guy the Raiders have not had, uh, basically for the last decade. Um, so I think I think he's a great fit here, and I think he's exactly what we've been looking for on defense for a long, long time. You have to once again 
look at uh, what did we do, but we we did just what we've talked about before as being um, a, not the best situation, and that is going through all three of their first-round picks and nary a edge rusher among them. And yet again, you're looking at all the top edge rushers are gone, and you don't want to reach for one for need, not when you know not when you know that there is just a cluster of guys that that uh, are all pretty good that are most likely still going to be there when their Raiders pick at 35, which is not far away. It's it's just uh, a few picks down the line, and uh, and you can get one there. And uh, my personal thing is obviously there are no trades in the blogger mock draft, as we said many times, and I expect the Raiders will be making a trade. Um, at some point, whether it's down from four or up from 24 and 27 to make sure that they can secure one of those top pass rushers because that's what they, they need the most. And so therefore, I think they've gone into this draft and you hear Mike Mayock talk about it, how he says something like that their plan in free agency was built around the uh, complementing the strengths of this draft. And what he means when he says that, if you're reading between the lines, is that we didn't sign any edge rushers because there's it's a deep class and we can get one, we can get a really good one in the in the first or the set or the top of the second round. And I don't necessarily think that was the plan going into free agency. I think maybe uh, initially they were thinking they might be in on some of these top pass rushers, but then, you know, the best laid plans and all that, they stumbled into Antonio Brown. And then, and I think they had every intention of going after Trent Brown all along. But uh, uh, I think their initial thinking was we they were going to get their pass protector and their pass rusher as their two top priorities in free agency. And when Antonio Brown became part of the mix, the, he basically replaced and his salary and whatnot replaced what they were going to be throwing at a, at an edge rusher. That is of course, unless Ezekiel Ansah passes all his medicals. He's I think April 15th is uh, and that's just a few days away. He's supposed to have his rechecks and if they manage to somehow reel him in. That would be a huge um, a huge addition, make you feel a lot more comfortable going into the draft. I feel a lot more comfortable about a mock draft like we've had them doing so far, taking a defensive tackle, a tight end, and a safety in the first round, and not kind of sweating bullets going into the second round. Well, I think the sort of organizational decisions that they've made to prioritize Antonio Brown, who's arguably the best receiver in football, uh, rather than get a pass rusher, uh, does make sense uh, contextually when you consider how deep and how good this pass rushing class is in this particular draft. Uh, but even if it works out the way that it's worked out so far uh, for you and in, with the, uh, the blogger mock draft and the Raiders don't end up landing a pass rusher in the first round, it's not the end of the world. Uh, there's guys like Zach Allen from Boston College uh, who could be there in the second, Ben Bonogu from TCU, Chase Winovich from Michigan. There's, I mean, uh, Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. There mm-hmm. are so many guys uh, who mm-hmm. may or may not go in round one that will still be there, and you can get one of them, and you can get more in the later rounds. You can get a guy like Jalen Jux from Oregon in round four. So if they don't get one in the first round, it's okay. Don't panic. I don't know about taking anybody out of Oregon. I mean, that that trash of a university. You know, Am I right? Am I right? Oh, I watched, I watched their bowl game against uh, – who did they even play? 
I don't even remember. It was terrible. It was such a boring game. <laughs> but their defense was so good in that game. That's why it was low scoring. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're just garbage. So I don't know about that. So for, for anyone listening who may not know this, I'm a huge Ducks fan. So I'm – and, and so am I. And so is he. I, I know it, it might be some kind of conflict of interest or whatever, but uh, so we're clearly both being sarcastic and joking when we, say, when we say that stuff. It's one of those things where we can we can talk crap because we love him so much, but uh, but you guys don't. Uh, hey, hey, and if our if our picks in these mocks and stuff are any indication, we're not out here like being Oregon homers and just picking a bunch of. Oregon guys to come to the Raiders that yeah we're picking you know you know we leave the bias out of it for that we recognize you know when players play well and when they're deserving of coming in to be uh to be to fill a certain position with the Raiders we're not gonna be like tell suggesting the Raiders reach on a on a on a duck or anything like that but when you look at the uh well let's talk about you mentioned a few absolutely like really great possible picks with that 35 pick and just about any of those guys that you mentioned would be great picks with that next pick and if the draft went like this it's hard to imagine them doing anything but picking one of those guys however um let's let's look at the, the board as a whole what do we what do we got on the board? And granted, there are still a few picks left in the first round after the 27th pick. So it could be in, you know, no time at all. A lot of these guys that we, that are still on the board would be gone, but we mentioned Deandre Baker cornerback. I mean, he's a mid lower first round level talent by some people's judge. If he was still around at 35, he might be worthy. Even, even as deep as we see, we talk about the cornerback. I mean, if you can get that kind of talent, Gruden has talked about that he he needs five corners. And right now that fifth cornerback is Nick Nelson, who their last year's fourth round pick. And he he may or may not be that fi- be the guy for that final spot. But uh but yeah, competition is always a really good thing. So he's a he's a guy that could be on the on the board there. Jakai Polite, who was once considered a uh, low first round talent until he had his terrible pro day. Uh, who knows how far he's going to drop. If you look at his, his tape, it he looks very good on tape. He, uh, if you go just by that, he wouldn't hurt. You, I mean, you wouldn't uh, feel like he should drop in the draft. But having a terrible pro day and coming in just not prepared the way he did says more about his personality, I think. And I think uh, Mayock probably mentioned, he, he hinted something about a guy dropping down their draft board based on running a slower time than they showed in college. And I almost feel like he was speaking of polite specifically. He may well have because that's been like the biggest story. So you, you just have to wonder at what point, if at all, would the Raiders say, well, the risk is worth the potential reward. Maybe that's just a fluke that he had a bad uh, pro day. And that because we've seen it, guys have had bad workouts and then still went on to have great careers. It's not the norm, but it happens. At what point would he join the join the conversation? And uh, yeah, we you saw have... Orlando Brown, the tackle out of Oklahoma, have one of the mm. worst combines I've ever yeah. seen last year, and then joined the Ravens and was just as good as he was at Oklahoma. The combine meant absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, I mean, he... Polite had a terrible combine, uh, and he seemed flummoxed by the interviews that he had to give with with other teams. Uh, so that did that did show a lot about his personality. But his tape at Florida was so good. I'm not really sure how much that means to, to NFL teams, honestly. 
I think it could be a situation much like Arden Key, how he was once considered a fringe first round draft pick the same kind of way as Ja'Kai Polite. And then because of like off-field stuff, he fell into the third. And the Raiders said, well, this is the point at which we are willing to take on the kind of risk that he may or may not um, present from a character standpoint. And uh, so maybe Polite is a, um, is a third-round pick. Maybe that's when uh, teams will start looking at him. And unfortunately, at this current moment, the Raiders don't have a third-round pick. So, uh, well, I'd be shocked not... if they didn't have one overall. No, I, yeah, I, I would. I would be very surprised if they didn't trade back into that round. Uh, yeah, my I would as well. I think uh, I think that you could easily, you know, you trade down for one of those one of those top four picks and acquire another third round pick. Or you, I don't think they have a a lot of ammo to package to move up into the third round. But uh, I I think they desperately want to be able to have a shot at the guys that are going to go in that range. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's for later. And let's, since we're talking about, and I don't think we're going to be, we're not going to be doing a, um, the blocker mock draft. I don't think is going to be going into the second round. So we just talk about who, uh, who might be on the board that could be a good pick at, you talked about the edge rushers and we, and we said that's pretty much is almost like a no brainer in this particular um, blogger mock that that it would be one of those edge rushers at that pick, but you also have I um, we mentioned him in the last episode, Marquise Brown. All right, as long as he's on the board, um, he's supposed he had that list Frank injury and the surgery that went with it, but he's he's going to be ready for rookie minicamp, so he'll not he won't miss any time. He, he, suggesting that he's not going to be behind any of his rookie classmates and he is an electric talent. He can stretch the field. He can line up in the slot. And that's what they need is a guy who can line up in the slot more than anything. And when you're talking about, so what if they have guys who can stretch the field now you bring in a rookie um, and you set yourself up for the, for the long term. he'd be in the slot now, but long term he'd, he'd move outside and be uh, potentially be one of your starters. So uh, AJ Brown's another really good receiver who's on the board who could be worth that 35th pick and uh, outside of their desperate need at defensive end, should they actually do make some trades to get one of them in the first round? Um, one of those guys at a wide ride receiver, uh, would you be mad if they were to go, go with one of uh, the, those wide receivers at that 35th spot? Uh, I, I wouldn't because I, I don't think a team can have enough really good wide receivers on the squad. I mean, I grew up watching the, the 1980s and early 1990s Niners, and they had Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens at the same time, and before that, they had Jerry Rice and John Taylor at the same time. Uh, and that was not a thing that was stoppable um, by most defenses that faced them when you have just the, the sheer supernatural talent of Joe Montana combined with that level of insane amount of ability at wide receiver. That was just a juggernaut and a steamroller over most of the incapable defenses at the time. You had, you had to have a really special defense uh, to keep up with the Niners at that time. So I really believe uh, that you should stock up as much talent at receiver as you possibly can. Uh, when I look at 35, um, if the Raiders do manage to snag an edge rusher with one of their three first-round picks, or if they even trade down and get 
another first-round pick. If they manage to snag an edge rusher, I think they could uh, look at inside linebacker with pick 35. There would be a couple mm. of guys there that I might like. Uh, Mac Wilson out of Alabama, not a guy I like in the first round, a guy I like a lot more in the second round. Um, he's good He's good on the ball. He's decent in coverage. Um, there's a guy out of Minnesota named Blake Cashman. Uh, a lot of people are talking about him. I think his stock has risen. He might even find himself in the late first round. Um, but if he's there at 35, man, he would be an absolute steal there. And I would love to have him in silver and black. I think you just want another Mac on the Raiders. That's what I think. It couldn't hurt. On. The more, the better, really. You got. They have to get their Mac quota. Now that would that would certainly do that. But I, I I think we pretty much. I think it pretty much comes down to that, right? I mean, we know that if the, if the blogger mock draft, if the real draft went anything like this, and the Raiders were sitting at thirty five and didn't take an edge rusher, there is no question in my mind they're taking one of those 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 guys that is still left on the board at thirty at thirty five. Should they make some moves or things go a little differently in the actual draft, and one of those top pass rushers is available to them um, at their at one of their top three picks, and they take one? And they get that out of the way. Granted, they actually need a couple edge rushers, to be completely honest. But uh, should they take one, it won't be like a, oh, my God, they have to get an edge rusher here. They can potentially look at other positions. And with, um, wide receiver and uh, and inside linebacker, I think those absolutely are the two positions. To, they need a guard, too. But I don't, I don't know if I see any guards in this. I talk about Dalton Risner, but uh, he might be uh, he might be more of a tackle. I think a guy like Garrett Bradbury uh, plays center and guard. His future is mm-hmm. probably center, um, and we don't need a center right now. But um, I think he'd be a fantastic guard. He's he's really light at his feet. He's a huge dude. I think he's a fantastic guard prospect, especially well, in his own scheme. I I'm sorry. I I was going by based on like uh, I was kind of going on what the again what the blogger mock was showing and Bradbury was gone then this obviously when we're talking about um, hypotheticals of when the draft gets here it's not gonna it's not obviously gonna follow by what the blogger mock d- does but he uh, oh, sure. he was selected um, already in the middle of the first round in the in the blogger mock so he wasn't an option but yeah I mean should he be happen to be available at the 35th pick that is a fantastic pick right there to get a uh, center guard he's the top one in this draft and he if he were there i mean man that would be a great pick i, I you know i guess i can't really leave off chris lindstrom as well out of boston college he's uh he's one of the top guards as well uh I, so i mean i would say those are probably the positions you have to look at for sure the wide receiver inside linebacker guard should you have already taken care of safety and tight end i mean obviously the I mean, the needs that this team has are many so there's a lot of different ways you can go anyway so uh i think we covered that pretty much inside and out at some point you you start saying to yourself the draft can't get here fast enough because you have uh we have covered every angle and every possibility that you could possibly (laughs) dream up about what the raiders could do and should do and where players are going to go and yep eventually we have to stop talking and start watching it so that'll be a nice day yeah, and then we can actually be like, oh, okay, so this is who the who the who's on the team. Let's start analyzing who's actually here, not analyzing who could be here. Um, but you know, it's we got to admit that we kind of we uh, maybe we're all masochists because fans just fans love the lead up to the draft, the 
the hope that it, that it brings. It's the most fascinating time of the year. Every team thinks they're going to get um, the, you know, they look at these mock drafts and they see what the possibilities are. And they're like, wow, that would be a great mock draft. Or, or look what I got us. Like I see fans do that. Look at I look at I got the Raiders in this mock draft. I'm like, well, that's great, but it's just not realistic, or it's highly unlikely. Uh, and uh, but it's fun. And hope springs eternal this time of year. Every team thinks they're gonna get the best picks, and those best picks are all gonna go on to all pro seasons. And uh, and there's no team in the league right now that has a better the better has better odds of that coming to pass because no team in the league has four picks in the top 35 the way the Raiders do. So we have a lot, a lot more to discuss with regard to draft possibilities than I think at any point since I've been covering the team in the last 12 years, it's just never been this much, uh, there's just never been this much to talk about because there's never been this many picks. It's, but uh, as Gruden said to Mike Mayock, um, what did he say? I gotta find that quote. Don't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> as Gruden said to Mike Mayock, don't screw it up, dude. I took a lot of slings to get us these top three picks. And it's true. He certainly did. And at least with regard to trading away Khalil Mack, he deserved every one of those things. And, but uh, I don't think he deserved it with trading away Amari Cooper. I think that was a pretty, pretty dang good trade. Um, it was at the, at the, when they made it, and it continues to be even with the Cowboys going on a winning streak and that pick dropping down into the bottom part of the first round. It's still it was still a good pick because I don't think that they were going to get anywhere near the kind of production um, from Amari Cooper that the Cowboys will get from him in the long run. And I, I think it was time to, I think it was time to move on mainly because that's, I mean, when's another time they were ever going to be able to get a first round pick back for Amari Cooper and either he was going to leave as a free agent or he was going or, well, he's probably just going to leave as a free agent because it's hard to imagine they were ever going to pay him the kind of money he was probably going to command once free agency came around, even if he disappointed with the Raiders because, A, he's really young, and, B, everybody had it, in uh, the Cowboys included, had it in their minds that Amari Cooper had so much more potential that he would probably show if he were on another team. And good for him, you know, good for him. And who, and who knows, if they happen to trade down from pick four, it's possible they have three first-rounders again next season, and we'll be doing this again. Oh, you, you mean like uh, they, the, in that trade, they instead of getting um, high picks in this draft, they, uh, they get future draft considerations? Well, why not both? It depends yeah, on how well, far sure. down they go. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, the piece I put out today, once you start getting in outside the top ten, the the compensation gets to the point where, where some teams just don't have the draft capital to be able to make that trade up. So if it were to happen, they might have to toss in a, you know, like a 2020 second round pick or something like that. And then they, or I you know, you don't often, unless it's like a big trade for quarterback that, that, that would, that might be a 2020 first round picks consideration, but I'm not sure I see any quarterbacks in this draft that are like, that would have a team trading up 
and giving the Raiders a, a a top pick in this draft and a top pick in next draft. There just aren't quarterbacks like no, that. In this draft I, I don't. I, I agree with you, and then I don't think there are. But I have learned not to operate under the assumption that all the moves these teams are going to make are going to make sense to me. Yeah, uh, they there's been a lot of crazy trades. The Mitch Trubisky, uh, the move to get him, uh, trading one up one pick, the uh, um, trading up to get Pat Mahomes seemed crazy. Uh, I don't think crazy at the time. Yeah, not now. I don't think anybody. I don't think a lot of people saw him as a top ten draft quarterback. The Chiefs did. They traded up to I think it was the tenth pick, and then got a guy in his second season who wanted to win MVP. So sometimes you just got to go for it and you just never know what that is going to mean. So it's uh, and, and quarterback is always the crazy one because you, because they can put together all these big boards all they want. And they, they, they rank the quarterback uh, the uh, X quarterback at like 27th in the class or lower. And yet, teams are falling all over themselves to trade up into the top five to get that, to, to get him. So it's, you just, in, it's in the eye of the beholder and the quarterback position, you just got to throw out all logic and all trade value charts um, in those instances. Anyway, so I think that uh, that is it for our, uh, our coverage of the 2019 SB Nation NFL blogger mock draft. There are still, I think five picks left uh, in the round and you just have to, if you're interested in seeing how those go, you can follow along there as well. Uh, thanks again for listening everybody. And we will see you soon when we get close to the draft or when we actually have some draft picks to talk about. Thanks again, everybody for listening to the silver and black podcast. See you later. <laughs>